Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, Amen. Well, those religious leaders, they crossed every T and they dotted every I. They were squeaky clean. If anyone were to ask who the model citizens were, everyone would point to those Pharisees and those Sadducees, for indeed, they were squeaky clean. And so things got interesting when these Pharisees and these Sadducees came into contact with that wild man, John the Baptist, at that Jordan River. We can imagine these religious leaders with their smug faces and noses up in the air, You can also imagine John the Baptist aiming for their pride and their self-righteousness when he said these words, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. In other words, John was saying You Pharisees and Sadducees, stop pretending that you are holier than thou. Indeed, you Pharisees and Sadducees, repent of your pretending that you are not a sinner. Get off your high horses and get into this dirty water with sinners, confessing your sins in thought, word, and deed. Confess your sins and be baptized. Things got even more interesting, though. When Jesus came from Galilee to John at that Jordan River. You see, when Jesus came to John, he came to be baptized. However, John prevented him and he said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized, not you, Jesus. Jesus insisted, though, do it. God's work is coming together right now in this baptism. Everything through the centuries is being put together right here and right now. 
So John the Baptist, he baptized Jesus in a baptism of repentance for sins. Now think about this for a moment. The religious leaders who were full of wickedness, pompous arrogance, and snotty attitudes, they avoided John's baptism because they hid their sin and diminished the seriousness of sin. They refused to be baptized because they were squeaky clean on the outside and did not fully comprehend just how dirty they were on the inside. They were righteous in their own sight. Not like all those filthy, dirty sinners in the water of that Jordan River. On the other hand, Jesus Christ, who is without sin, who alone can claim that no deceit was found in his mouth, well, he came and he asked John to be baptized in that Jordan River. Hmm. Stated concisely, my friends, the religious leaders who should have been baptized and needed to be baptized, well, they refused. Jesus, who should not have been baptized and did not need to be baptized, well, he was baptized. But why? It's like this. We humans tend to get things backwards. We think about ourselves more highly than we ought to. That is why we are so quick and capable of seeing everybody else's failures, everybody else's sins, and not ours. You see, we have this image in our head of a large ruler where we elevate ourselves to the top of that ruler while putting everybody else down below on the bottom of that ruler. Those who are good and right that kind of look like us, well, we place them closer to us, not too far up, but just underneath us. And those people who are bad and not like us, those people that annoy us, who we think are less fortunate, we place them at the bottom so that we can look down upon them with disapproval. And so like those religious leaders, we become blind to our own sinfulness because we are too busy looking down upon everyone else below us. You see, dear friends, this sinful nature is a deep, evil corruption that we many times fail to comprehend. This sinful nature is a deep, deep embedded corruption that we do not always fully comprehend. And our culture, uh, our culture does not make it any easier either. Our culture continually tells us that we human beings are not corrupted with sin, but somehow good with untapped potential and goodness within. And so God's word of law must always be preached into our ears and laid upon our hearts so that we can understand that there is no bottom to the sinful nature, that we are all at the bottom of that ruler together, that we are all guilty. In fact, this is one of the reasons why we begin each service with confession. You see, the confession of sins at the beginning of each church service is meant to protect us from becoming like those Pharisees and Sadducees who denied their need of John's baptism. The confession of our sin is meant to crush all of our smug and pretentious holier-than-thou attitudes. That is to say, to confess our sins at the beginning of each service is grounding you and me in reality. It is actually a blessing even though it many times hurts. 
You see, the sinful old Adam, that sinful nature that we all have, that we all possess, hates confessing sin. The old Adam despises when we confess that we are sinners in thought, word, and deed. So what this means is that if you struggle with confessing sins at the beginning of this church service, or if your friends or family are offended by the confession of sins, then good. Yes, then good. It shows that your old Adam, that sinful nature, is being attacked and confronted. Dear friends, the old Adam should be offended. (laughs) The old Adam does not like to be dragged out of the shadows before the throne of God in confession. That old Adam hates falling down to the bottom of that ruler and smashing to pieces in confession. The old Adam cannot stand to confess sins. The confession of our sins at the beginning of each church service also prevents this church from becoming a country club for the self-righteous. Confession keeps us humble. Confession teaches us that the church is a hospital for sinners. Confession reveals that we all come to this church, that we come to these church services precisely because we are all sinners in need of forgiveness, life, and salvation. No one higher on that ruler, no one lower, all at the bottom. Once we confess our sins, though, you are not left in despair and guilt and condemnation, but the pastor in the place and by the command of Jesus, with his hand on this very font, this baptismal font, placing his hand on that font, proclaims these words to you, I forgive you of all of your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And you, the congregation, in hearing this absolution, this forgiveness, will you make the sign of the cross over your heart, remembering that you are indeed baptized. Let us not get too far ahead of ourselves at this point, though. Back up and consider what was just said. Back up and consider that sign of the cross that we make after we hear that absolution. You see, in the hymnal, in our books that we use for our services, there's a small red cross printed throughout each church service. And so every time we see that red cross, we can joyfully make the sign of the cross upon our head or upon our heart. And why? Because that sign of the cross is a remembrance of our baptisms. You see, our baptisms are not some historical, irrelevant event that has no application in the present moment, but rather our baptisms are a present reality. You are the baptized. Yes, you are the baptized, the ones baptized into Christ. We are the reasons why Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River in the first place. In other words... Jesus, he stepped into that Jordan River. He stood in our place. He assumed the form of sinful flesh and became the greatest sinner and carried on himself the sins of the world. Yes, he placed all the sins upon himself in his baptism at the Jordan and he washed them from himself, indeed from us all, so that they might be submerged and drowned in his baptism. 
Loaded with the world's sin, Jesus buried it in the waters of the Jordan, just like he buried the sins of the world in his nailed mark hands on Mount Calvary. He fulfills all righteousness. Dear baptized saints, hear this. Jesus joins himself to sinners, sinners like you, in the baptism at the Jordan. And you and I are joined to Jesus, the righteous one, in baptism as well. We are connected, not separate. So dear friends, stop pretending. Stop pretending that you are not sinners. Stop hiding behind self-righteousness. If you claim that you are free of sin, you're only fooling yourself. A claim like this is utter nonsense. Indeed, if you claim that you're not a sinner, then you are contradicting your baptisms and Christ himself. Trying to live a life as if you are better than everyone else, without any fault, makes God out to be a liar. Self-righteous smugness does not impress anyone, especially God, but only shows off your own ignorance. Instead, repent. Repent of not confessing sins and confess your sins boldly, not with pride, but with bold remorse. And more importantly, when you confess, remember that you have been plunged into your baptisms. Yes, return to your baptisms. Remember that the guilt of your sins are in the bath water of Jesus. Remember that he was baptized and he was nailed to the cross and shed his blood for your sins to cleanse you, to justify, to save you. Remember that these are yours. And know this too. As the Father was well pleased with Jesus in his baptism at the Jordan, the Father, the Father is indeed well pleased with you. How can he not be pleased with you? For you are baptized into Christ. If Jesus is the object of God the Father's good pleasure and Jesus is the object of your salvation, how can the Father not be pleased with you? God be praised. Dear baptized saints, the heavens were opened at Jesus' baptism. And they are open to you in your baptism. And they stay open to you in your baptism. For your baptism remains true. There's no dividing line between you and God. Because Jesus went down into the water and touched it with his body and his blood, he made your baptism holy. Therefore, do not doubt in your baptism, heaven stands open to forgiven sinners, saints, saints like you, forgiven and redeemed for Christ's sake, saints who bear the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. My friends, we confess boldly. We confess our sins boldly. And we have faith even more in this wonderful good news that we are baptized into Christ, that we're marked with the seal of the promise, that we have heaven open to us, that we belong to Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holy. 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.